Good evening, everybody. This is Tuesday, February 6, 2024, 5.30 p.m., our regular scheduled council meeting. We call to order. Could I get a roll call, please? All seven council members are present this evening. All right, we're gonna start with an invocation from Pastor Tim Imey from Community Lutheran Church. If you'd like to join us, please stand. Let us pray. Gracious God, bless Bowhead City and, and make this place a, a, a place of safety for all people, rich and poor. Give us grace to work for this city so neighborhoods remain vibrant and whole, that the lost and forgotten in society are supported, and so the arts may flourish. Make the diverse fabric of this city a delight to all who live and visit here, and let there be a strong bond, uniting people around common goals for the good of all. In your most gracious name we pray, amen. amen. Please join me in the Pledge of Allegiance to our flag. Pledge of Allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Please be seated. All right, we're starting off with a call to the public. If you're speaking as an individual, you have three minutes. If you're speaking with a group, you have five minutes. Uh, your group must be with you and let us know ahead of time. Thank you. Stephen Lee, Bullhead City. Greetings, Mayor, City Council, and general public. Uh, we are dealing with absolutely unprecedented times. and I feel like we really, really need to come together as a community. We need to be our own moral guide and we need to have like a committee or something to help guide us to make moral decisions to make sure that all of our politicians make moral decisions. $297 trillion, the equivalent of 10 years of the world's gross domestic product, all the goods and services produced are being spent right now by the World Economic Forum in their budget for the Great Reset. The Carrie Lake thing with uh, offering a billion dollars and her saying no to that, and uh, Jeff DeWitt saying make me a counteroffer, this was no joke. You will find that the bribery, the extortion, the blackmail is everywhere. Just today, we were sure Mayorkas was gonna be impeached. We were gonna maybe close the border if we get rid of Mayorkas. But no, those politicians have bought off, bribed, or extorted. There's, there, it, the temptation, I'm not pointing fingers at anyone, the temptation to anyone, to me, to you, to anybody you know, is too great. So, as divided as we are, we need to come together on this one issue, please, for your sake, for my sake, for everyone's sake, for, for our generation, for future generations, please, let's find a way that we can all come together and police on a city level, on a county level, our elected officials and our administrative offices and make sure that they are standing true to the Constitution and the concept of freedom and individual rights. Because right now, we're moving away from that and we need to make sure that 
we're hold, upholding these rights for American citizens, not granting voting rights like our state wants to, to illegal aliens. They want to allow them to vote in federal elections. And they're, uh, they're proposing a bill right now which is a total farce. They're calling it the Border Protection Act. 67 billion to Ukraine, 28 million to Joe Biden, the big guy, uh, another 20 billion to Israel, and of that 20 billion of the 117 billion that actually is supposed to go to the border, more than half of it goes to process illegal aliens and bring them in and give them gifts. So uh, we really need to stop listening to the face headline of what things are about and pay attention. And I know we're, we're divided. You think issues, little side issues that are to me, seemingly less important than these issues like abortion or whether you support Israel or don't uh, is, is not what we can need to be focused on right now. If we want to live to fight another day to fight about those issues, whether abortion should be legal or not, uh, you know, I mean, these issues, if we have freedom, we can have a, a democratic debate and fight over these issues. But if we lose all our freedoms and we're taken over by illegal aliens, then we have nothing. So I urge you, I urge everyone in the public, please let's try and work together. Thank you. Thank you, next. Barbara Pape. Since this year is our election year, our uh, Colorado River, River Re Republican women are inviting our candidates as guest speakers. And we're very proud of doing this too. But it, it, and our location is 1260 Mojave Drive, Bullhead City. Our February guests are running to two particular positions, uh, Mojave Board of Supervisors, and they are Steve D'Amico, Grace Heck, Rich Lettman, and we also have a candidate for Mojave County Re Recorder's Office, Lydia De Drust. Also, I started my voter registration campaign from now to October. I have teams that will be located at Ace Hardware, Bullhead City, and Fort Mojave, Senior Center, Perkins, uh, Cow Ranch, Moose Lodge, and Mojave County uh, City, excuse me, <laughs> Mojave Community College. And this event will be on February 28th. Thank you. Thank you. Next, Sean. <coughs> Good evening, Council Chamber. Um, Mayor, Council, my name is Sean Regan, Bullhead City. Uh, these past few weeks have been very difficult for us at Arizona Veteran K-9. Um, we mourn the loss of five service members in the past weeks, three in Syria and two Navy SEALs. It is senseless to grieve for these five heroes under the circumstances which led to their cashing their blank checks to our country with their lives. 
I would like to give thanks to them, their families, their friends, and their unit members who revere them as brothers and sisters. Our debt to their sacrifice will never ever be paid and our thanks will never be enough. But we are nonetheless grateful. Till the Hala, Scandinavian for till we meet again. And at the moment, I've said that quite often and we need to cherish their memory, their dedication to their country and their selfless sacrifice. And I'd like to give a little brief pause in a moment of silence for their losses. You join me? Thank you for allowing me to do this. Um, I've had to do that for a lot of soldiers and I've had to write a lot of family members notifications of their lost children, brothers and sisters, grandchildren. Their dignified transfer, very, very difficult to hold your emotions in. So please understand that the work we do is not only for us, but more importantly for family and friends. We try to keep those that do suffer alive. So thank you for the time that you allowed me to do this. Um, I do appreciate it. I'd like to also um, take up a couple of uh, brief business matters for uh, my own benefit, and I apologize for that. But transferring over, um, I was a little bit more than hardened um, when I heard a member of the council staff here scold a member of the public, and I've had on at least two occasions that I can remember at the top of my head, heard him call a liar. Now, I understand the heat of the moment, believe me, but that is not what I would call uh, necessary for a member of staff to do to the public since we are generally bosses around here. And if you wouldn't do it to your boss, don't do it to us. If you expect the same in return, please don't do that to us. So uh, that's all I got for now and I do thank you for your time. Thank you. Anyone else? Good evening, Mr. Mayor, City Council, and all of you who try to make Bullhead City a great place to live. My name is Terry Skinner and I'm with the Colorado River Concerts. Now I know you all know. Thank you. Oh, okay. I haven't done this before. Yes, I have. Um, Terry Skinner with Colorado River Concerts. I know you've heard of us before, but we're trying to reach the audience out there that may not have heard us before. And um, all I can say to you is if you like live music, you should really check out our concerts. Um, last month we had a group called Three Divas. We had over 325 people at the Mojave High School Auditorium and it was rocking in there. It was really, really good. I'm here to promote our next concert, which is called Vox Fortura. 
B-O-X-F-O-R-T-U-R-A, which is a different name, but they're from Great Britain, and they were founded in 2016, and um, they be quickly became um, semi-finalists on America's Got Talent, I'm sorry, Britain's Got Talent. Um, it's an all-male classical vocal group. I forgot my notes at home, so I'm going from memory. Um, they play classical music from Puccini, and then they also go into music um, from David Bowie, John Legend, Ed Sheeran. They span four. Uh, they span decades of music and all all kinds of music. I really wish I hadn't left my notes at home, but. Um, the next concert, oh, that concert is on February 21st. Our next concert is Key of G Live, the best of Garth Brooks. That is on March 7th. And um, it's a seven piece band. They have the steel guitars, the bass, everything that country music would have in a band. And uh, um, it's gonna be a really good concert for that one too. One of the things I like to tell you about is what's great about Colorado River Concerts is we do a student outreach program. So the morning of the concert, the, we bus kids in from all over the valley and um, the performers do a mini concert and then they take questions and answers. They talk about the style of music they play. They talk about their instruments. They talk about how they get started and the questions that these kids have for them is remarkable. And it's just our way of bringing music um, to the kids of our town where they might not have ever known what a saxophone is. So um, we feel that um, the kids are our future audience and our future performers. So all of our concerts are at Mojave High School. They start at 7 p.m. And like I said, our next concert is February 21st. The tickets are $35. And um, I just want everybody to know that that money also goes to help pay for the student outreach. So you're seeing a concert, but you're also helping the students. So we're very proud of that, part of our, our, our organization. And uh, you can buy tickets at the door, or you can go to crconcerts.com. So um, come and check us out. Um, you won't be disappointed, and thank you for your time. Thank you. Next. Good evening, Mr. Mayor, City Council leadership team. <clears throat> I apologize. I'm Elizabeth Hayden. I'm one of the corporate facilitators at Mojave County College. And my objective this evening is bring awareness to the workforce excellence program that is for the spring semester. It is not just geared for city employees that may be taking this course as soon as we finalize that MOU, um, but for business owners, employees, folks that are looking to um, improve their soft skills. And the opportunity is it's a joint venture between the Chambers of Commerce, the college, and Arizona Works. There's a tuition reimbursement of 50% to ease the employer or person's financial restraint. The courses consist of managing and supervising others, communication skills, customer service excellence, and I, we couldn't think of a better way than to be live and talk about it. I have some business cards. You can enroll right on the Mojave Ed website. Just put it in Workforce Excellent. The courses come up. It's in partnership with the Chamber, and the courses will be held there. Um, 
consecutive Tuesdays for about two and a half hours. It's an excellent opportunity and I thank you all for the time and the partnership. Thank you. Anyone else? Hello, Mayor and uh, <sighs> council members and city staff. My name is Captain John Burks. I'm with the Salvation Army. I just uh, wanna let you know that um, I'll be going this coming weekend to uh, Las Vegas for emergency disaster service training uh, there and we'll be feeding between 120 to 15 uh, 1,500 individuals uh, pre-Super Bowl. It's a, a big event for us to be mobilized and know what we need to do in order if uh, we have to be mobilized. And at the end of the month, I'm going to another emergency disaster service training uh, in uh, Phoenix as well. Um, and we'll be doing the same kind of thing. Um, for those of you who may or may not know, the Salvation Army uh, throughout the United States uh, can mobilize uh, to large disasters, medium disasters, or local disasters. Uh, once we are called um, by, uh, by the city uh, to do so. Um, typically we do a lot of feeding, uh, emotional and spiritual care, um, and we work alongside with um, other nonprofits as well in order to help the whole um, um, uh, event. Um, but that's all I really had today, and just thank you so much for all your service. I really appreciate your help. Thank you. Hmm? Anyone else? Good evening, Mayor and Council Members. I'm John Martell with Mojave Electric Cooperative. Just wanna let you guys know, you may have heard, we're, we're looking to build a gas unit, gas fire power plant uh, out in the Fort Mojave area. Um, we really need it for reliability and affordability of our 38,000 members. Uh, we're gonna have a town hall on Monday at Los Lagos Golf Course, uh, 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. Uh, I just wanted to make sure the public hears about it and the council as well. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Scotty. Scotty from Bullhead. Well, women's club tomorrow meeting, I guess I wasn't invited. Now I'm informed that she got my phone number and tried to call me. Well, I don't do text. I can't afford it. I just got one of them silly old flip phones and she had permission to gave it out. Barbara Papp, paper, whatever. Why didn't you guys, when Pamela Smith announced at last meeting, why didn't you say, well, what about Scotty? Is he invited? No, you didn't. No, you didn't. And now he's jumped into the fire here. Somebody else that said he wasn't going to run for a political office here when you got selected. You made the, re the uh, nomination to appoint her and him, and they're running against you, Stevie. Wow, stabbing in the back time, huh? This is all I want you, Rick, to do is go up there to, we're 18 and a half million dollars in the hole and fix our problem up there with money. You just declared bankruptcy not too long ago, and you're gonna go up there and fix our budget problems? Wow, Hildy, Used to support you, and she used to support you, and now she's running you. She's afraid of me, he's gonna win. Let's play a little contest. I have here. And this is gonna go on my Facebook page. 
at Scotty for District 2 at gmail.com. Can you tell the difference between President Biden and Mayor Biden? I don't know if you can see that or not from that camera. This one here is when you were down in the Cayman or Virgin Islands at a 501C that people donate to instead of being here at the meetings. You phoned in though. But this is just, this is going on my Facebook, so we're gonna have captions. People can write in there, and you like you're doing a newspaper, you can write captions, and they're gonna be printed. Don't worry, Grace, I got one for you too. You're going on here. That's you at the Hobbs meeting, the state of the state address. You're on there with Gillette, Jeannie Kent's most viral, bile Republican I've ever met who's in charge of all three of you, Ann Hildy. Here's you, Ann Hildy. Hobnobbing down there, I guess you're wanting for the Senate in two years from now, so you won't do your four years either. This is bull, I wanna know. What I have is two records, open records request, one for each of you. How did Steve D'Amico travel to the Virgin Islands to the home of a 501C that's operating in this town. He doesn't even live in the United States, let alone Bullhead, but he's running a, a 501c tax exempt thing. He lives in the Virgin Islands and you're there at his house. How much rent did you pay? Okay. Did he use any of our frequent flyer miles? And I wanna know what that entails. Did he use any benefits from the city, et cetera, et cetera? Okay, now Grace, you're up. How did Grace Heck travel to the governor's Hobbs state of the state address in Phoenix? Did she use a county or city vehicle? And did she receive any travel benefits? Did she ride with Jeannie Kinch? So you can answer this. I might as well get on Susan Stein. You have until May 1st, the last day of your job, or actually the 29th or 30th or whatever it is. You have to get this done by the time you quit. Or resign. I need to sign down there. I'm embarrassed. You guys, Mr. Mayor, the gentleman's time is up. The Good. beeper is not working. Okay. If I oh, waste my breath anymore, you're still going to use the. It's my turn to speak now since you addressed me personally. And you know, I, yeah, I support need to put my your time's up. Here. Thank you, Scotty. I need to put my earphones on. Your so time's up. You. Thank you, Scotty. Yeah, go spend some more money. I, I'm going to. I work very hard for my money that I've saved up for years. You give yourself a raise. I know that. Okay, now it's my turn to speak since you address me personally. I support the First Amendment 100% freedom of speech, but there's a fine line between libel, freedom of speech, and slander. And Scotty, you're gonna be hearing from my attorney very soon. And you, you uh, say I stayed at some 501C guy's house. My money, my vacation was paid with 501C. Where do you even get this stupid stuff? I paid for my vacation with my hard-earned money. I worked my entire life. That is a very good picture of me though. I wouldn't mind having a copy of it when you're done. <laughs> but I think you, you screwed up this time. There's a fine line between free speech and slander and you're not getting away with it this time, buddy. 
you will be, I will be taking legal action against you. Amen. Thank you. All right, anyone else like to speak? It's a hard act to follow, but. On a lighter note, well, when you see me here, Gary Genovese, Bullhead Cities, with my gray shirt on, representing the Mojave Colorado River Museum Historical Society, you know that the ham man is back, and he is back for Easter this time. We do Easter, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. So, as you all know, the museum operates a nonprofit and it operates on fundraising money so that it can continually provide all the resources and all the wonderful artifacts that it takes for anyone to visit and see some of the history of our town. And they have been doing a lot of re renovation and, and make new things are going. Larry Adams has added a, a situation place in the back of the building there for them to do their refinements on the artifacts that they bring in. But at any rate, we are going to have the hams that'll be for sale. This will be March 28th will be the deadline. These are honey-baked hams. Those of you that have purchased them know that they are scrumptious, delicious, sweet, tender. Ugh, adjectives roll off my tongue. And those of you who have tasted those, you know you need to come back for more. And your donations will go toward the benefit of the museum. So make your orders for before March 28th or by noon March 28th, call Susanna Van Sloten at 928-234-4807. 928-234-4807. March 28th will be the deadline, but you'll see me before then. Thank you. Thank you. Is anyone else? All right, then we'll close the call to the public. Agenda modifications, are there any items to be withdrawn from or moved to the appropriate place on the agenda? If not, I'll take a waiver motion. Mr. Mayor, I move to waive the reading in full of all ordinances and resolutions presented for adoption at this meeting. Second a motion. All right, cast your votes. Seven in favor of the motion, motion carries. Manager's report. Good evening, Mayor D'Amico, council members. Uh, a few items this evening. The first is an update on the bridge. So we have a little video that we'll show here. This is the drone footage that Bob Bilbray from Laughlin has been diligently doing for this entire project. And so uh, shout out to Mr. Bilbray for all of his drone footage that he's provided to the public. <clears throat> quite amazing the work he does every week uh, going out there and, and filming the progress of the bridge. So if staff could bring that up, that would be appreciated. What you'll see here is that's the Arizona approach. You can see the grading is just about done and uh, we'll be ready for asphalt work here real soon. Uh, you can see the bridge is uh, primarily done, still doing some artwork uh, that you'll see here in just a moment. Um, but the bridge itself, the structure is done. You can see on the left-hand side is the walk-bike area, the two lanes uh, of traffic going in either direction. You can see vehicles, large vehicles are, are driving over it. A bridge has been built. 
that's the Nevada side. <clears throat> so you can see the approach is being formed up and uh, ready for pavement real soon. As the drone goes down here, um, just an interesting little side note, you can see some of the preliminary artwork that's being attached to the bridge. You'll see cattails and fish. Uh, right there you see the, uh, as you go in, you'll see the, uh, the orange uh, fish on the side, or I think that's the color they are, and then the cattails. But that's the Nevada side. Uh, again, we're probably, <clears throat> you know, we thought maybe March, I think we're looking at more April, May now, if, if we had to guess. Um, the contractor is working diligently. Weather has been a factor, but not a huge factor. But uh, we're gonna be driving over a new bridge before summer hits. We'll keep the council posted of the dates and times as we get close. Working with Clark County on maintenance agreements, policing, other things as we get close. So I'm also pressing them. Uh, we need a name for this bridge. I'll, uh, I'm not gonna rest until that bridge has a name because we're not gonna have the old bridge and the new bridge, that's not how it's gonna work. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of a pet peeve of mine, but the state of Nevada is a little dysfunctional when it comes to naming bridges. Um, it's a number, the current bridge is a number. Um, we've officially passed a resolution naming that the Laughlin Bridge. When we take over Highway 95, we'll put up a sign that says Laughlin Bridge. So we don't need Nevada to name the first bridge. We've already done it. But the second bridge, we need to cooperate with Clark County. It's time to name the bridge. Um, and so I'm asking the county manager and uh, Commissioner Naff to please make that a priority. Time is here, the bridge is built. We are getting ready to start using it. Um, in the meantime, uh, we'll keep the council posted on that. Second item is the reconstruction of Highway 95. I think you've all seen it, driven on it, pretty much now from uh, all the way over to Silver Creek and south almost to Needles. Um, the highway has been reconstructed. That's the $27 million project. Keep in mind that was money that Mayor D'Amico, Mayor Brady, staff advocated for. ADOT did not have that repaving in any of their plans. So when you consider um, this new road, realize that if it weren't for the city council, we'd still be driving on that old, beat up, pothilled road. It was not in a five year plan. It wasn't in a one year plan. It took the hard work of our uh, city council and thank goodness for Leo Biasucci and Sonny Borelli and John Gillette to support those efforts in last year's budget and the previous year's budget with Mr. Brady. We do have the $8 million in our bank for right turn lanes. We have seen preliminary designs of three on the city south side. Um, we're working on the right turn lane in front of the high school. So you will see those plans coming forward rather quickly uh, as we start to institute those right turn lane construction projects. Uh, next, uh, Assistant City Manager Kajera is gonna update us on some grant news and some updates on where he's at on some of our major grant applications. Good evening, Mayor and Council. Um, staff, um, hope you're having a wonderful evening. Last time I came before you to give you a grants update uh, in totality was in May of 2023. Uh, when I spoke to you then, I did let you know that um, 
uh, during that discussion, uh, or rather up to that date, we had received just over five million in grants. Some of those projects, uh, you have seen them, uh, such as the ATV uh, that PD uses. You've also seen, you also got a chance to look at the boat that we got from uh, Arizona State Parks and uh, Arizona State Parks and Trails during the time that you also saw the new cars for PD. This year, we've made quite some progress. Um, a lot uh, is still pending. I think the big one that I'll start with that everyone knows and is going to be one that changes Bullhead City forever. The mayor had a chance to go to DC um, uh, with Travis uh, and they met with the Bureau of Reclamation. Uh, that's part of their efforts to try and get this grant awarded. We did submit a grant up to 300 million uh, for two water treatment plants on the north side and on the south side. Uh, we hope to get an answer on those uh, sometime this year. Uh, what we have as of right now is sometime in April. Um, we're hoping to get an answer sooner rather than later. Uh, this grant is under the Lower Colorado River Basin System uh, and uh, Efficiency Program. It's still pending, but uh, we're, uh, we're doing all our efforts to make sure that this grant is awarded, and this will be a game changer for the city of Bullhead City, and not just Bullhead City, but all other cities along the Colorado River. Recently, uh, with WIFA, uh, we did submit a Water Conservation and Rebate Program grant under the Water Conservation um, Grant uh, Committee, of wa rather Water Conservation Grant Fund under WIFA. We did go before the Water Conservation Grant Committee on January 24th. It did get approved. We should be getting a final award notice uh, once the board approves it on January, uh, on February 21st, 2024. So a couple of weeks away, but if awarded, we will be receiving $3 million, and that will go a long way in terms of supporting utilities and their water conservation efforts. Moving to human services, Jeff and his, his team have been uh, way above and beyond in getting grants. Uh, recently, they did submit the Arizona Department of Housing owner-occupied program. We, that grant is still pending. Also under that, they did submit the Arizona Department of Housing home grant. Uh, that uh, I believe uh, she'll be coming in pretty soon. Uh, the owner-occupied program was 220000 and the home grant was 440000 uh, One that came before council and that is currently just awaiting the agreements to be finalized is the community de development block grant, Food for Families. Uh, this came before council and it's also on the agenda today. Um, that was 818000 the main purpose of the CDBG grant is to uh, develop communities and build stronger and more resilient communities. And the award that they got is going to be expanding the charge for the food program. Excuse me. Uh, recently, uh, also under the uh, Bullhead Animal Resource Center, also known as BUC, some of you know it as uh, the animal shelter, we did submit a grant under the Rachel Ray grant, Save Them All uh, grant program. Uh, we did get selected. Uh, we have not been awarded the funds yet. They, they're still to reach out to us, but we did receive 25,000, which is going to be for our community cut program uh, by implementing an, uh, uh, an effective trap, neuter, and release program and also vaccinating those cats. Additionally, if you have had a chance to drive on uh, Silver Creek, uh, you will have realized over the past few weeks some work being done. 
that is through Arizona Department of Transportation, through the Highway Safety Improvement Program, which also gets funding from the Department of Transportation. This is ongoing and uh, it's going to be, as you might have seen, uh, lighting is being put on Silver Creek and uh, that was for $607,500. This month, we shall be submitting the raise grant for the Bullhead Parkway. This item has come before, came before you in 2021 for your approval to uh, submit the grant. Uh, since then, we have submitted the grant twice. Unfortunately, we have not been successful, uh, but once again, that was on the mayor's agenda and program when he went to DC. Uh, the update that I have on that, the, the past two results that we have received, the project has been uh, dubbed as a highly designated program and is uh, on the Department of Transportation Secretary's office table. It just hasn't been signed yet. Uh, that's the highest you can go, highly designated project. We're going to be submitting, a, submitting it again this year on February 28th. We hope uh, later on this fall we're able to get an answer on that. Uh, we will be submitting that grant for $25 million. That will see the repaving of Bullhead Parkway from the north end to the south end, and we shall also be, be doing some major improvement under Andrew's department with putting lighting, uh, putting medians, additional stoplights, bus stops, and uh, other much needed transportation uh, improvements. Also, during the mayor's visit to DC, he did meet with the National Park Service, um, some of you might be aware of the survey that is on our website and that also Travis and I presented to council during uh, the last uh, council meeting for the National Park Service Outdoor Recreation Legacy Partnership Program Grant. Uh, this is to revitalize and make some improvements to Rotary Park. We shall be submitting the grant for $15 million. This grant is due on um, April 28, 2024. Uh, we are finalizing the grant right now, and if you haven't, kindly please go on our social media pages and take the survey for Rotary Park. Your input and your comments are highly appreciated and give us a better perspective and idea on what vision you have for the park. Also, under that, uh, this year, we will be submitting uh, the Fishing Pier Renovation Grant to Arizona State Parks and Trails. Uh, we, we are in conversation with them, but that is a much needed improvement. We are still to get an answer on that, but we are submitting that grant up to $750,000. Lastly, uh, I would like to share that for the community garden that also uh, council approved uh, last year and this fiscal year and also uh, got an update on this a few weeks ago through the re request of council member Rich Letman. Uh, the community garden did get a $35,700 grant from uh, Legacy Foundation. Those funds will be used for storage shed, concrete slab and uh, shade structures uh, in total. We have um, three awarded grants, but in those numbers, if you were to total them up, outstanding grants for this fiscal year is $345,860,000, and uh, the biggest share of that is obviously uh, the two water treatment plants at $300 million. Uh, I don't have any other comments on that. The only thing that I will add is when it comes to expenditure limitation, we have a state imposed limit on the city that the state imposed on Bullhead City in 1979, 1980 that caps 
uh, our expenditure. The only way we can go around this expenditure limitation is through uh, bonds or through grants. So the past few years, uh, Toby has been very adamant on securing these grants to not have that expenditure limit sort of um, affected. If you do go over the limit, uh, they penalize you. And um, this is something that will be coming to council. We have touched on it several times. But over the next uh, few weeks, we shall be bringing it to council to see how we can address that in terms of how this uh, growth and inflation numbers are affecting uh, the financial and budgeting side of the city. Um, other than that, I stand for questions. Thank you. Anyone have any questions? <coughs> All right, thank you, Eddie. Thanks, Eddie. I just want to make a comment. Eddie, you, you guys are doing a really good job. Thank you. Very thank good. you. Um, just uh, once again, I don't think it's myself only. We have Angie's team, we have Jeff's team, uh, the finance team also comes through in reimbursements and making sure all documents are submitted on time. Travis, Danielle, and uh, all other departments that do really work hard to make sure that we're getting these grants that we <coughs> greatly need. Thank you. Thank you, Eddie. And then last on my uh, report this evening, uh, Mackenzie Covert, our PIO, will update the council on uh, spring special events. There is a lot happening in Bullhead City, so Mackenzie's gonna do his best to uh, inform you of those events here right now. <coughs> Thank you, Mayor and Council. Uh, I gotta give the standard disclaimer. This is a long list, but it is by no means even close to a comprehensive list of events that are gonna happen over the next two months. Um, so we're gonna start with uh, just this uh, coming weekend on February 8th. Uh, we have a skinny singles pickleball tournament. And on February 13th, we have men's Mardi Gras tournament. That's also pickleball. Um, coming up uh, February 16th through the 18th, there is the AFA softball tournament that's gonna have about 100 teams. And then that same weekend, President's Day weekend, uh, AYSO crit tournament, uh, we're expecting about 100 teams for that one. So there's two 100 team tournaments, same park, same time, uh, President's Day weekend. Uh, February 20th through the 26th is gonna be the Spring World's Tune-Up Senior Softball Tournament. Uh, we're expecting about 70 teams to participate in that one. Um, February 25th through the 26th is the Five Star Elite Football Tournament. Uh, we're expecting 24 football teams for that one. Uh, February 29th through March 2nd is gonna be the Dave Copps Tournament of Champions. Um, if you're not familiar with that one, it's been going on for a long time. We're expecting 54 high school teams. They're gonna be some of the best teams in the country competing. We always live stream that one. Um, March 2nd is gonna be our farmer's market. Um, then March 4th through the 12th is the Paul Mowers Show Carnival. It'll be in town. Uh, March 9th, Bullhead City Little League Pitch Hit and Run. Um, March 9th through the 10th is gonna be an AFA Girls Fast Pitch Tournament. And then March 15th through the 17th is gonna be the Senior Softball USA Worlds. Uh, we're expecting uh, 12 teams. Um, March 16th is the Colorado River Women's Council Western Auction. Uh, that one will happen at Gary Keith Park. Um, March 23rd is gonna be the Kiwanis Kids Expo. March 23rd through the 24th is uh, women's softball, uh, 32 teams for a tournament. Uh, March 23rd through the 24th, uh, uh, we're gonna expect the uh, Bullhead City Street Races to be back for that one. 
Um, that's through the end of March, and there's a lot more, um, but I think that covers it, so. Thank yeah, you. thank you, and I appreciate that. And, and again, we notified the council and the community primarily of those special events and activities because we're expecting you know, a multi-million dollar economic impact from sports tourism, but it also brings a lot of people to town. Historically, some of our businesses may not have been aware of it. Um, President's Day is a good example. If you're not ready for business on President's Day, um, we're just warning you now, no matter what business you are, you're going to have extra customers, patrons, and so we're doing the best we can to notify the community that through, you know, through May, expect a lot of people in our community on the weekends, especially for sports, but there's a lot of other activities, as Mackenzie said, that we didn't mention, all kinds of them. And so um, we've done our best to educate uh, that it, we are going to be busy this spring. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Mayor and Council members, uh, reports on current events. Anybody have anything? Mr. Mayor. I would just like to express my condolences to the Quintanar family. Their son uh, passed away. He was 10 years old. Uh, Jade was the owner of a local business here called Tasa. And I just wanted to say thank you to our community that came out for the fundraiser and the vigil for them. Um, it's so hard to lose a child, but having our community come around them meant an awful lot, so thank you to everyone and my condolences to their families. Anyone else? I had two items. First, I wanted to um, really thanks our, thank our public works and parks and recs people for the conditions of the parks right now, particularly Ken Fovard Park around the pool. I think most of you, or a lot of you know, you've seen me out there, I kind of like to walk the dog uh, probably four to five days a week around there. And over the past two weeks, Silas and I have had, unfortunately, um, two encounters um, with dogs that were not leashed, okay. Um, he's not that big of a dog, and my request on that was, um, Toby, if we could at some point take a look again at signage in this area, uh, I walked around, I could only find one one sign that basically said, keep your dog on a leash, okay? And one of the gentlemen I ran into uh, in his 40s, very entitled, okay? It's like, what's the big deal? My dog's not hurting anybody. And uh, if we could just, don't spend a lot of money, don't, don't go overboard, we could just put some signage back up to remind these folks. And it's, uh, Angie, it's primarily around the bleachers, uh, the seating area around the two baseball fields, okay, over here in the park, that's where it's at. Uh, second, uh, nice segue, uh, I, I really like the report from McKenzie that we got. And um, Council Member uh, Lizaraga and I uh, would like to request an agenda item uh, at a future meeting, either a work session or a presentation here at City Council. And it has to do with um, how our city government is marketing Bullhead City as a visitor destination. So we, we heard some really good stuff here tonight. Um, when I came on the council, we talked about the approach that we need to start regionalizing um, our tourism approach. I think there's a great opportunity out there uh, to create more jobs. It sounds like we need a couple of hotels to hold some of these visitors that are gonna be coming in. Um, real simple, I provided you with a list already. But if in the presentation, and again, um, 
any time prior to the budget session in May would really be good, okay? But I, we really wanna have a focus, uh, my request would be on the digital and print and um, third-party promoters that we use. Okay, and if you could show us some examples of digital and print, and I'd like to know how much do we currently spend, okay, on this effort, and what is the source of the funding for those dollars, okay? Um, what are the results? How many visitors do we have? I think we have quite a bit, okay? And if there's any way you could project out what that spend is worth from those people, the impact on the community. I'd really like to know how you measure the success of our tourism programs, and I'd like to know if you coordinate any of this with state and county agencies. Also, do we coordinate with the Chamber of Commerce, Anderson Fieldhouse, um, the casinos, et cetera? Juan, is there anything you wanted to add on this? It's your request also. Yeah, I just uh, would like to add that uh, I agree we should have some kind of workshop and to get this on the agenda. We wanna know how the, a lot of these sports events are impacting our city and how you know, we can get involved in that. Like uh, also like events like Borough Barbecue, the motorcycle rallies, how we can be get more involved with that. Also, what are some of the potential impacts of the proposed improvements to the city facilities and how Kingman and Lake Havasu can also, you know, be part of that since it's all regional. Okay, that's it. Anyone else? All right, I just wanna let the public know that sometime within the next two to four weeks, uh, I'm gonna be doing a State of the City address and uh, it will be on the, the city Facebook page. Uh, we'll be going through everything and anything through every department, everything that's going on in the city and um, should answer a lot of questions that people have out there on certain departments and everything as well. So that should be out probably uh, anywhere from two to four weeks and that's it. All right, with that being said, uh, items to be withdrawn from the consent agenda. If there are none, I'll take a motion to approve the consent agenda. Second. All right, cast your votes. Seven in favor of the motion, motion carries. Item number four. Is public hearing, discussion of possible action to make a recommendation to the Arizona Department of Liquor Licenses and Control to approve the application for a series 10 beer and wine liquor license, job number 268837, submitted by Catherine Marie Gomes for family dollar number 25485, located at 1005 Hancock Road, Bullhead City, Arizona. Mayor D'Amico, council member, staff has reviewed this application, has no concerns. My understanding is the applicant is on the phone this evening. All right, Catherine, would you like to say something? Uh, hello, uh, my name is Tommy Jackson. <coughs> I'm here on behalf of Family Dollar. I just wanted to thank you for considering our alcohol license. Uh, from what I understand, uh, everything is in the packet. I um, also just wanted to make sure that well, we let you know that with Family Dollar, we have uh, increased our training methods to make sure that all our employees are uh, all trained well when, when it comes to the sale of alcohol, uh, to make sure that they're meeting local standards, local rules, state laws, and uh, everything else in between. So um, they've been working on uh, working with TIPS. TIPS is nationally recognized for being a very important training uh, uh, mechanism to make sure that uh, any individual who is working with alcohol is uh, within their uh, making sure that they're doing what's necessary in order for them to stay within uh, stay within the legal limits to do uh, what they're necessary to do. And we also have bar training. Bar training also is making sure that 
Uh, there are secret shoppers that come, come in to also ensure that everything that uh, each employee has learned, everything that the employee has is working on, is, is going to make sure that it's being done, uh, even when the store is not, you know, even when you don't have management looking. So with, with having those different training methods, I'd like to make sure that we just say, you know that we are looking to be really good corporate partners by working with you in this way, and we just thank you for your time. Thank you. I'm assuming that was not Catherine, and that kind of sounded like I, I the Del Taco drive-through. <laughs> but uh, to my understanding, yeah, no, my name is Tommy Jackson. I'm, I'm not Catherine. <laughs> okay, thank you. To my understanding, this is just a change in management uh, is the only reason for this. Is that correct, Bill? Yes. Garn. Yes. Okay. So that makes it simple. Anyone have any questions? Anyone from the audience? All right. Then I'll entertain a motion, please. Mr. Mayor, motion to approve item number four is read. Second the motion. Cast your votes. Seven in favor of the motion. Motion carries. Item number five. Discussion possible action to adopt resolution number 2024-R06, approving the updated intergovernmental agreement between Lake Havasu City, the City of Kingman, the City of Bullhead City, the Town of Colorado City, and the Mojave County Sheriff's Office for the Arizona Department of Administration Grants and Federal Resources Arizona 911 Grant Program. Chief Jeebs will present this item. Good evening, Mayor Council. Uh, this is a request for the City Council to adopt a resolution approving an updated version of the agreement previously entered into in 2021 for the administration of the Arizona 911 Grant Program. The previous version included a provision for the rotation of the system administrator duties between the parties of the agreement. It has now been determined that the Mojave County Sheriff's Office will perform that function for the duration of this agreement. Otherwise, the substantive arrangements of the parties do not change. Parties recognize the importance of interagency cooperation and agree to perform activities related to the implementation of their respective agency under the direction of the Mojave County uh, Chiefs of Police, Fire Chiefs, and Sheriff with the common goal of ensuring that project goals, timelines, requirements, and other program criteria are met. Continued uh, purpose of this agreement is to administer funds received under the Office of Grants of Federal Resources, Arizona 911 grant program, for operation of all public safety answering points in Mojave County. And any party may terminate this participation in the agreement by providing all involved parties with a 30-day written notice, and there's no cost for this. This is something that's been ongoing for quite some time. Anyone have any questions, comments? Anyone from the audience? All right, I'll take a motion, please. Mr. Mayor. I move to approve item five as read. Second. your vote. Seven in favor of the motion. Motion carries. Item number six. Discussion of possible action to approve the custom GIS managed services agreement <coughs> with Motorola Solutions for a three-year subscription in the total amount of $92,131 and authorize the city manager to execute the agreement and issue resulting payments. Mayor and Council, Chief Treves will present this item as well. Thank you, Mayor and Council, again. Uh, this request is to enter into a three-year subscription for the management of our Geographic Information System, GIS, server and data. GIS is a computer-based tool used to store, visualize, analyze, and interpret geographic data. GIS server works with our Flex Report Management System to update uh, the map and routing information within the RMS. 
This information is used for dispatching police and fire units to calls for service and can route them to the exact location. The total cost of $92,313 includes the implementation plus the subscription fees for three years. The first year payment is $30,771 and includes the hardware, accessories, implementation, and first year subscription fee. For the two and uh, years two and three, the subscription fee is $30,771 will be incurred. I stand for any questions. I also have Lieutenant Harris here too because some of this stuff is very technical if you have any questions. Any questions, comments? GIS Managed Service, uh, they handle Motorola and that's the predominant equipment that we have, correct? Motorola equipment? Yes, so the, the, the RMS, the records management system that we have is Motorola. Okay. Our radios are Motorola and this is just using them to uh, for our services here. Okay, thank you, sir. Anyone from the audience? All right, I'll entertain a motion. Mr. Mayor, I move to approve item number six as read. Second, I Cast your votes. <coughs> seven in favor of the motion, motion carries. Item number seven. Discussion and possible action to approve the updated Rotary Park Master Plan dated February 6, 2024. Mayor Eco Council members, uh, as you know, we've been working on Rotary Park for many years and the master plan has morphed over time to meet the needs of the day. Recently, you've heard about a major grant application that staff is submitting for 15 million. So as part of that, we wanna make sure the master plan coincides with the grant application. Um, the most significant piece of this is something that dates back to Mayor Brady. We've been looking at that area where the new, let's call it marina, swim beach area would be, river access. Th that area was slated for baseball fields, softball fields, and over the course of time, we've realized that that's probably not a good idea. Why put those new fourplex for baseball fields, softball fields on the river when we can put them across from Community Park where we have nearly 300 acres. Let the public have their beaches and their river. That's what they're clamoring for. That's what the Southwest in America wants is more beach access and we have a grand opportunity to create it. So the most significant change to this master plan is that area. Now that won't come easy. There's a lot of work we'll have to do and the federal government may require us to do full environmental assessments and things, and that'll come within time. Keep in mind, this is all technically land owned by the federal government, Bureau of Reclamation, managed by the Bureau of Land Management, and we're contracted by lease to manage this on behalf of the US government. We don't have a patent on it yet, so therefore, when we have a master plan and we wanna make major changes, we have to take those changes to the Bureau of Land Management for their concurrence. This is all fine with them. They will easily concur with our modifications to the park. Um, it's just part of what our agreement is. We have this land for no cost as part of our agreement with the federal government to maintain it and operate it in this fashion. Once this is done, we can apply for a patent and then we won't have to go back for future changes. But right now, the agreement we're in, the federal government does have to give us the stamp of approval. That's what this master plan is here for. Um, Angie might have uh, some other guidance. She can walk you through the changes, answer any questions that you may have. Again, keep in mind that over the course of the next five, 10 years, depending on the grant, we 
might make a few minor changes, but this really is sets the course for that grant application and the future of Rotary Park. 99% of the park will still operate the way it is right now, so those listening at home or anybody uh, wondering is this really gonna change Rotary Park? No, it isn't. It's the major change is really moving those ball fields to the north side of town by Community Park and creating more beach, more river access, which is something the public is clamoring for. So Angie, if you wanna walk through some of those other changes, I'd appreciate it. Thank you, Mr. Cotter, Mayor and Council. If I could get Mackenzie's team to bring up the picture. I'm actually gonna work from northwest on the very northwest corner of the park. I'm gonna call it over by the dog park. Um, we're proposing a future parking lot just on the west side of the dog park. Also, the area where we graded out on the east side of the dog park, um, paving that area where it's actually a dirt parking lot now. There's also an existing lift station there, proposing to turn that into a restroom. From there, um, where Balboa is at, um, creating um, a new, kind of a roadway, but actually stopping the road and making it a, a, in a different location to like marry the skate park, the pump track, um, just that area so it's safer for kids. So taking out the chunk of the roadway from the south corner or south entrance of the parking lot and going over to where the boat ramp is at. And then the road would actually connect back up and go back up to Riverview Drive. Um, there's also a proposal of a new restroom where the new pump track would be, um, and then we'll keep going. So we've got the future paved pump track, pa uh, future road, and then also between the fourplex, the threeplex, uh, a parking lot, it's gravel now just paving it. As you go to the threeplex, um, looking at adding a playground, there isn't one there now. Um, and then also a parking lot just south of where um, the handball court's location was approved back last year, I believe. Now we'll go to the south, working west to east again. Uh, so where the basketball courts are at, which is actually under construction right now, um, but there would be a new bathroom, restroom, splash pad area, along with rehabbing and, re and adding a, an additional skate park next to the existing skate park. Moving to the right, from there where the fitness court is at and the trail ends going into the parking lot um, where the boat launch is at, um, adding a future restroom, family fun zone. Um, this would be kind of like more like the community park with the concrete game, shade, just make it more of a fun area for everybody to enjoy. And then it would, um, then we would look at adding the beach. And that is where Toby talked about where the play or where the, ball fields we're at, making a new river walk just on top and also down on the bottom so that it'd be kind of like Avi or you know that nice sandy beach and a big open area for beaches. And then also realigning the trail to follow where the new swim beach is at. And then also adding a, another restroom. It was asked um, to look at finding a different location for our ADA playground. Um, we had looked at, it was approved a while back from council to have it over by the dog park. 
Um, we, staff has looked at it with the request and we would like to recommend moving the playground over by the existing playground where the fitness court is at and the walking trail is at. There's more parking and it may be a better location. And I stand for any questions and Dave, did I miss anything? Okay. Any questions or concerns? If the ADA one will be coming up on a later agenda item, so so we could address that on, on that. Yeah, you can change the location now on the map if you'd like. Um, Council Member Hecht has been persistently in my ear about the playground locations and um, brought up a point that I think is worth consideration. Um, over by the dog park, it is separated for families that might have multiple kids, so if you move it over by the existing playground, you probably, you know, there's some synergies, with, especially with families with more than one child, especially if one um, has some disabilities. So that um, we did talk about, there, we were trying to remember from years ago why the ADA playground ended up over by the dog park. There were a multitude of reasons, but it could easily end back up over by a different playground if the council would prefer to do that. Since you're approving the master plan, um, the item for the ADA playground is actually approving the purchase and installation. So this would probably be a, as good a time as any if you were inclined to move the ADA playground or anything else, now would be a good time to do it. All right, everyone in favor of moving the playground, raise your hand. Oh, there we go. Okay, thank you. All right, any other questions or concerns, Dan? With all the uh, parking lots that I see, uh, there's approximately six of them. How many cars would you be able to accommodate? I honestly have not done the calculations. I just am trying to put as much parking is in as I can. Um, and especially like on the south side where the playground, um, splash pad, basketball courts are at, there's not a lot of parking. So where I can fit it in, I'm gonna try and fit it in and get as many cars as we can. Okay, thank you very much. Mr. Mayor, uh, maybe this might be a, net, a question for the chief. What's the status of that little substation you guys have right there on the river? You guys use that or plan to use it when all this growth there? Yes, we, we uh, Councilman, we use it for our community-oriented policing units. Park rangers operate out of there, boating units operate out of there, as well as up at the chamber during the summer units. All right, thank you. I just have one question too. I, we're looking in cameras in the parks. Is this, uh, would be a good opportunity to include that in the grant application? Or does it have to be recreational? We, yeah, we think we'll be able to get the cameras done well before the grant. The grant seems like it's gonna be a multi-year process. So we actually had a meeting, uh, Mr. Drexler and I and IT had a meeting today talking more about that. It seems like we're making some really good progress on the fiber background to provide all the cameras in the park. So um, we're, we're making good progress on that. We think we can do it way before okay. that. Okay, any other questions, comments? Anyone from the audience? All right, then I'll entertain a motion, please. Mr. Mayor, motion to approve item number seven is read. Second the motion. Council votes. Seven in favor of the motion, motion carries. Item number eight. Discussion possible action to approve the Rotary Park ADA inclusive playground purchase and installation contract for the purchase and installation of ADA inclusive playground equipment for the Play It Safe Playgrounds and Park Equipment of Mesa, Arizona through a cooperative arrangement under Sourcewell contract number 010521BUR in the amount of $148,012.51 
and authorize the city manager or his designee to execute the contract and issue resulting payments. Uh, Public Works Director Johnson will present this item. Thank you, Mr. Cotter, Mayor and Council. Tonight I ask for your approval um, for the purchase, install, and installation of the new ADA playground in Rotary Park. This is under a source well contract. Uh, the total project cost is $148,012.51. This is 100% grant funded. Uh, the city has received 100,000 from Mojave County ARPA funding from Supervisor Hildy Angus. We've also received 200,000 committed from the 20, Bullhead 000. City. What? 20,000. Or 20,000. I'm sorry. What did I say? Oh wow! <laughs> wow! We're gonna get a really nice <laughs> playground. <laughs> I, I, I like your first one, but I, I do too. <laughs> I'm sorry. So it's 20,000 from the Bullhead City Rotary Club and 30,000 from Legacy Foundation. The location we've talked about, so we're gonna be moving that. Um, that should not interfere with the cost of the project. And I am also going to ask Dave Heath to come up because he has actually been involved in like the actual design and what's gonna happen with the playground. We also did look at other vendors that were not under source well contract and their prices were way higher than this before we even got the install involved. So I mean, we were looking at 200,000 for purchasing the playground and not even getting it installed. So I will turn it over to Dave. Thank you, Angie. Mr. Mayor, council members, um, I just wanna say we're getting a top-notch playground here. It's it's not just going to be something that anybody can use, uh, but it's gonna be something that's fun for everybody to use. This is the kind of playground uh, that it's, it's accessible. So people can uh, take a wheelchair and you can go the entire length of the, play, of the uh, play equipment on the wheelchair. Now, as you're going that entire length of the playground equipment, there are things on each side uh, for kids to do. Um, there are, are sound related games to do. There are games that you can play with your fingers. Um, there are all kinds of different manipulatives that you have on there. Uh, it's just gonna be a really excellent playground for all kids. Um, and, and it's definitely gonna be something special that we haven't had before like this for uh, kids that are in wheelchairs. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but the coup de grace, the whole thing, and I think the thing that uh, Hilde Angus liked the best was the swing set. We have a swing set that goes along with this playground too. Um, that's, that's, again, it's for anybody. Um, and, and the problem that we had with swing sets before that were for wheelchairs was they were easily damaged. Uh, this isn't that. This is the, the new era of swing sets uh, for um, people with all abilities and, and we're excited to have that on the playground there and I think it's gonna be a lot of fun for everyone. Thank you. Anyone have any questions for Dave? Yeah, I'd like to make just one comment. I'd like to thank everyone who made the contributions. Um, and also their support and their generous funding will be put to good use, ensuring that those with handicaps can enjoy recreational equipment just like everybody else. And thank you very much for your hard work too, Dave. My pleasure. Thanks, Dave. I too would like to thank uh, the county, although that's taxpayer money. I'm not taking that away from them. I appreciate it. But I'd like to give a big shout out to the Rotary Club and uh, BHHS uh, Legacy Foundation. When you see these events going in town, like the Borough Barbecue event and all these other events, that money is not for them to make profit. That money comes right back to our city, and I appreciate that everything they do for us. Thank you. Uh, any other questions or comments? Anyone from the audience? Now entertain a motion, please. Mr. Mayor, motion to approve item number eight is read. Second. Second. Cast your vote. 
Seven in favor of the motion, motion carries. Item number nine. Discussion on possible election to adopt ordinance number 2024-04, sewer code amendments 2024 by reference, and approve resolution number 2024-R07, declaring sewer code amendments 2024 a public record. Mayor and Council, Utility Director Clark will present the item. Mr. Mayor, Council, uh, this item that is before you is our new FOG ordinance. FOG stands for Fats, Oils, and Grease. Now, in the current ordinance that the city has, we have a small component that talks about FOG, but it doesn't, it doesn't really have a lot of meat into it. And that's why we're bringing this ordinance to you. We did a lot of research on FOG ordinances all across the country, and this is, this, is, this is the end product of all of that hard work. Now, we do have staff that goes out and regularly inspects. Um, fog, fog is, fats, oils, and grease comes from restaurants. It comes from uh, car washes, laundromats, um, auto oil change places, and mechanic shops. So all of that is our components of fog. And what happens is when materials get into our sewer system, it causes us significant problems. Um, we've got a little, a couple of slides on, uh, this is one of our manhole lids uh, with our logo on it. Uh, if you could go to the next slide. This is a wonderful looking um, slide here. It shows what happens when fog gets into our sewer system. It backs up the sewer system and causes it to overflow. This is something that happened, oh, about nine months ago here in the city. Um, and as you can see, it causes some significant issues. Um, we have about 150 to 200 businesses in the city that really this ordinance would be associated with. Um, of those, we've got about 20 of them that are issues for us. Five of those are, are really problems. And, and we needed to have something with a little more meat to it to allow us to enforce our, our fog requirements. Now, we've had fog requirements in place since we, well, for, for over a decade now. Unfortunately, um, we didn't really have staff working on that until about three years ago when we took over the water company, we instituted the fog program when I came online. And so we've been, most of the businesses, uh, once we educate them, they're more than willing to comply. And, and like I said, most of the businesses we've been having really good luck with. But it's those, you know, that uh, you always have that 1% that's this problem, and, and that's what, where we're at now. And that's really why we're bringing this to you, is so we can get the rest of those entities in line uh, and working with the city to install grease interceptors, oil separators, um, so that we don't have these kinds of problems in our system. If you could go to the next slide. This is another um, wonderful picture of fat soils and grease. When this was, when we first opened up this manhole, it was a solid cake of grease. And they broke it up and ultimately we got it all sucked out of there. Um, part of this ordinance also uh, pertains to us having to pump on an emergency basis the interceptors that restaurants might have in their in their parking lots where all of this is supposed to be held. And then they're supposed to have this pumped on a regular basis, depending on how busy they are, how much grease they, they uh, create, they can have it pumped weekly or monthly, some even longer terms, depending on how much uh, material they, they, 
they've produced. Uh, if you could go to the last slide. And this is where the really big cost hits us. These, this is one of our pumps at one of our lift stations. Rags, you've heard me talk about rags in the past. Rags are a big issue for us. They cling to our pumps and destroy them. And the rags combined with the grease and the oils that get in the system really cause us a lot of problems. We spend hundreds of thousands of dollars a year replacing these pumps because of this type of damage. It damages them so badly that they can't be rebuilt. So um, I would present myself for any questions anybody may have. Anyone have any questions? Yeah. At the current time, do we go back to any of these individuals that are known perpetrators, you might say, and uh, hit them with any compensatory or punitive type damages? Well, we haven't had that ability yet. And part of this ordinance allows us to go back after these entities. Uh, if you look at the very, very back of this plan in, uh, 1309.090 uh, criminal enforcement that gives us the right to go after these these violators and and get remuneration for for their costs to our system. And I really want to understand the damage that grease can cause us, like cement. Yes. Uh, do they have people that come out weekly, monthly, semi-annually, whatever? to collect their grease basins and the collections that they have? They are supposed to do that, yes. Some and, of them and fall behind and, and or forget about it. They have a new manager come in, he doesn't understand. And that's why we have a charge in our comprehensive fee schedule for us to, to pump those on an emergency basis. We do not want to be their pumping company. That's why we charge an exorbitant amount for it to dissuade them from calling us to, to fix that. We want them to call the local company that does that for them and will do that for them on a regular basis. Uh, but if it, and, and we have had to go out on an emergency basis to a few restaurants and actually pump their grease interceptors because they were overflowing on their property. Because then it becomes a health issue and we have, we yeah, have so to make sure we get out there and take care of it. Part of a health issue. Yes. Out there. Okay, uh, one more comment. I want to, first of all, I want to thank Professor Mark Clark for his extensive uh, plan and for his in-depth indoctrination on sewer management and remedial measures to enforce compliance and implementing standard operating procedures for sanitary sewer operations on a daily basis. So I wanna thank you very much and also for your presentation. Thank you. Uh, I just have a quick question for you, Professor Clark. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, uh, for the thanks for that. <laughs> Um, are they now, um, do they keep a log that is signed off by the, uh, by the companies that come and, uh, and take the grease? The companies that pump it, yes, they are required to keep a log. So that's The restaurants themselves and the auto shops, they are also supposed to keep records. That's part of their requirement. So that's how we will do the enforcement. Yes, and that is in this new ordinance. Okay, great. Anyone else? My comments will not be as glowing as <laughs> Councilmember Alfonso. Th this was fascinating reading. Uh, I, I don't really want to read any more code amendments. Um, I had a couple of questions. On uh, page two, there was a, um, a statement where the city can have the authority to establish a quantity uh, of the discharges and limits 
basically at will? Well, it's, it's based on the type of enterprise that it is. Um, different types of restaurants produce different types of fats, oils, and grease. Um, I, I'm not going to sit here and, and you know say this one's worse than this one, but but you know you can tell which restaurants restaurants that you more grease and and fats and oils are going to produce more than a, a restaurant that has salads. So it, it just really depends on the restaurant. And what we do is we go out and inspect, and then once that inspection is done, what we will go out and a second weekend do it in a third. And then what we can do is we can tell them, okay, you need to pump every month based on our estimate, or you have to pump every two months based on our estimate. And if they don't do that, as long as they don't overflow, there's no problems. It's just what the standards that we set are based on our knowledge of how much we're seeing their system receive from that restaurant or that facility. Um, and then we make a, an estimate as to how long that, that grease interceptor that they have, because there's different sizes. So, so the, the exact same restaurant with two different interceptors could have different pumping times because okay. the interceptors could be that, That's a good size. segue to inspection on page five. So uh, my question is how often do we inspect these restaurants and people that have grease interceptors? Typically we, we, well, the problem children we go back to every month. Um, and we will continue doing that until they get in compliance. Uh, most of the other ones, like I said, it, it was an education process. Most everybody we've gone to, we tell them what they need to do and they've just done it. Okay, so and- It hasn't been a problem. Those we would go back to like once a year because we don't need to go and keep up with them because they're on a schedule. We know that they're on a schedule. They have their log books that show that they've been pumped by the pumping companies. So we don't need to go and bother them all that frequently. But some we do have to go out every single month or in some cases a few of them every week. Do we charge them for the inspections? We do not. Okay, but we would charge them if something went wrong and the city yes. had to intervene. Yes, that's what this would allow us to do. Regarding the violations, uh, I didn't see a schedule of what the penalty would be. Is it based upon just the cost to the city plus a markup or a, could this, could this violation penalty range based on the severity and how many times they've repeated? Well, it's, and Garn probably has a better idea on this one. You kind of know where I'm headed. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mayor and council members, there's there's two remedies provided for in this ordinance. There's a notice of violations, an administrative procedure uh, that would allow for some of those types of penalties to be enforced civilly. Uh, but there is also a criminal enforcement, which those penalties are up to the courts and up to Arizona revised statutes. Uh, misdemeanors are up to $2,500 fine, plus if there's restitution for damage uh, to infrastructure, that would be considered restitution. So it would be whatever the damage is. Sounds good. Right, any other questions, comments? Anyone from the audience? All right, then I'll entertain a motion, please. Mr. Mayor, motion to approve item number nine is read. Second. Cast your votes. Waiting for council member Heck to come back.
Seven in favor of the motion, motion carries. Item number 10. Discussion of possible action to approve the capacity management operation and maintenance plan dated February 2024. Utilities Director Mark Clark will present this item as well. Thank you, Mr. Cotter. Mr. Mayor and Council, uh, this is um, an item that, that we really should have had in place a, a while ago. Um, back in 2019, the Arizona Department of Environmental Quality passed regulations that required <laughs> sewer providers within the, within the state of Arizona to create one of these, a CMOM is what we call it for short. I mean, it's got a nice long big title, but it, in, in our industry it's known as the CMOM. And what this is, Reader's Digest condensed version, is the operations and maintenance plan for our sewer system and our wastewater system. This, um, this, this plan here talks about how we operate our sewer system. Now, our sewer system is, is actually a lot more complex than what this does, but what this document does is it points to other reference manuals that we have for operating the system. So for example, we have um, a number of lift stations within our city. Uh, our larger lift stations have literally volumes uh, that, that list all of the operations and maintenance for that specific lift station. And all of our lift stations are a little bit different because we have different size pumps, we have different size uh, wet wells, we have different, different uh, flows that come through them. So all that makes them operate just a little bit different. Concepts all the same, but they operate a little bit differently. So what this is, this is the overriding structure for all of that operation and maintenance for our sewer system. This is required by ADEQ, as I said. So I would be signing uh, the certification on page four of this document saying that this is our O&M plan, this is how we're gonna operate the system. And what would happen is anytime we have any kind of issues, this is where we would go first to figure out how to take care of those issues. Um, new entities, new developers coming into the city are required to take a look at this and see how we operate when they're designing their sewer systems their, for their developments, their sanitary sewer system. So if a new subdivision comes in, they would be looking at this. If a new um, commercial project was going in, they would be looking at this. And this is part of their reference materials for their application to the Arizona Department of Environmental Quality. Any other questions? Anyone from the audience? All right, motion please. We'll move to accept item 10 as read. Second. Cast your votes. Seven in favor of the motion, motion carries. Item number 11. Discussion of possible action to approve the agreement for professional architectural design and construction management services, Food for Families Food Bank, expansion project 24HS001 with Selberg Associates Incorporated in a grant funded amount not to exceed $73,500 and authorize the city manager to execute the agreement and take actions, actions consistent with completing the project. Mayor D'Amico, council members, uh, this is, I believe, the third time we've talked about this particular item, so we won't take this too deep tonight. I do see a number of people in the audience who probably support the project. I'm sure you'll give them an opportunity to address it as well. 
but uh, Jeff Tipton, our Human Services Director, will give a brief presentation. Again, just so the public knows, this is the third time this item is being addressed by the Council. Thank you, Mr. Cotter. Uh, Mayor, Council, this is a request for Council to approve an agreement with Selberg Associates for Engineering, Architectural Design, and Construction Administration for the Food for Families Food Bank Expansion Project. Um, the project is a community development block grant project that includes a new 40 by 100 by 20 foot metal building that includes a concrete pad, roll-up doors, restroom, air conditioning, and utilities, as well as replacing the existing driveway and additional hardscape at 590 Hancock Road. Um, staff opened an RFQ um, request for qualifications in November. Um, we opened the bids on December 7th of 2023. Um, we did receive one response and that was from Selberg. Um, a cost estimate was then received from the firm for engineering, design, bid documents, and construction administration for the $73,500. Um, your approval for this request would be appreciated. And Rob Sampson from Selberg and I are happy to answer any questions. Anyone have any questions? At this uh, facility, are you going to have any refrigeration equipment? And if so, what kind? You want to answer that one, Jeff? Yeah, we're going to meet with the parties involved, but our my understanding through the, the grant is that we can do the building, the paving, and the infrastructure, but not fixturing. So it will have like the three-way power and things and the infrastructure to have that. Thank you very much. Anyone else have any questions? Anyone from the audience have any questions or concerns? All right, then I'll entertain a motion. Mayor. Pastor Stephen Rose. Hello, Pastor Stephen here um, from Food for Families. I would just like to thank the mayor, um, city manager Toby Cotter, and all of the, um, the council members for <coughs> support, excuse me, on this project. Um, due to the much, the, the need that we have for the city, we're feeding over 120 families a day um, through the food bank. And this will be able to streamline our operations for the, the big monthly food give out that we give. Um, also, to be able to be able to have the food inside, you know, because when we do get food right now, we have to set everything outside to be able to get it in to, to our warehouse that we have. So now we'll be able to better serve the community and be able to use that for warehouse and the existing facility we have now for construction, I mean, for production. So I just wanna thank you guys for everything that you're doing to be able to help out our community and for Food for Families. Thank you. And just to be clear, while we went to bat for you, uh, this is grant money that's, that's paying for it, not the city. Um, anyone else from the audience? <coughs> Captain John Brooks of the Salvation Army. I am very thankful for Food for Families. They uh, deliver food to us uh, to help out with the families that come to our location as well. Um, so they're not just helping themselves, they're helping multiple entities throughout the city and uh, I'm very thankful for them. <coughs> Thank you. You guys did it, you made him speechless. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Chris Morgan, I'm the uh, chairman and CEO of the uh, food bank. 
Thank you very much. Grace has been a big push for this and uh, everything's appreciated. What hasn't been mentioned is we have 25,000 families that we deal with every year. About 100,000 people get fed with two million pounds of food that comes to us, but from there, excuse me, from there it goes out to other food banks. So it's not solely just coming to here. We take care of all the other food banks in the area. So thank you for everything, and I'm sure I'll be seeing all of you in meetings at some point. Thank you. Anyone else? All right, I'll entertain a motion, please. Mr. Mayor, I uh, move to approve item number 11 as presented. Second. Second, please. Pass your votes. Seven in favor of the motion, motion carries. Item number 12. Discussion possible action to adopt resolution number 2024-R08, authorizing application and re receipt of federal funds as it relates to transit, transportation service delivery under the 5307 grant program. Mayor D'Amico, council members, our transit manager, Michael Pluso, will present this item. Thank you, Toby. Hello again, Mayor and Council. Uh, so uh, typically when I come up to Council, it's usually to ask for permission to spend money. Uh, and that is not what we're gonna be talking about tonight. Um, tonight's item is actually asking for permission for me to have permission later on to spend money. So um, essentially, <laughs> since we're transitioning to a new grant program with everything that's going on with the creation of the MPO, um, the 5307 program, um, because it's new and we are gonna be a new direct recipient of federal funds from FTA. Uh, there are certain steps that, step, uh, that staff has been working on for the past couple of months to get us ready to do that. Um, the current step that we're on is getting uh, a resolution from council saying that they approve for us to start doing that um, through that process for 5307. So uh, you're still gonna be seeing my smiling face coming and asking for money and then telling Mayor D'Amico uh, how much money we're getting back for that uh, when we do actually make that expenditure so it's not all against general fund. So um, I'm happy to answer any questions about that program and that uh, those steps. Uh, otherwise, um, thank you for your time. Anyone have any questions? Oh. Just a quick one. What's the relationship of the program to the future MPO? It's it's mentioned in the in the document. What's what's going on? So, the way that the the MPO works because it's a planning organization, so it deals with all of not just transit planning but transportation planning for the area and the designated UCA. For us, the 5307 program for receiving grant funds. Whenever we put in for those funds eventually and get awarded funds, anything that we get a awarded, whatever category it is, through capital, through operating, or anything. Those need to go through the MPO and be what's uh, be put on the what's called the TIP, uh, or the transport Transportation Something Planning. It's basically a, a list of any planning operations or uh, funds that are gonna be used that deal with stuff that happens within the MPO, and then the MPO has to end up uh, submitting that to the state, and that gets put on the STIP which is the state tip. Um, so that's really the correlation that we'll have and like we'll be working kind of side by side for uh, when we put in for grant funding and that so they know what we're doing, um, but there's no like direct interaction. So the MPO won't have any say in what the, the what transit does, um, but will help in that planning aspect for what we plan to do in the future. Any other questions, comments? Anyone from the audience? All right, I'll take a motion, please. 
Mr. Mayor, motion to approve item number 12 is read. Second. Cast your votes. Seven in favor of the motion, motion carries. Item number 13. Discussion and possible action to approve a transfer of $108,075 from general fund contingency to public works administration for two part-time maintenance workers and related equipment for homeless camp cleanups. Mayor D'Amico, council members, a few weeks ago, staff had an internal meeting. Um, public works director Johnson had put together the meeting along with human services director Tipton, members of the police department and their staffs along with code enforcement. It was brought to my attention that um, there's been an influx of encampments that need to be cleaned up and although our staff works on this all the time, um, cleaning up homeless encampments throughout the year, um, we need a little surge. We need some additional funding, resources, uh, a vehicle to get in hard to reach areas so that we can continue to fight and maintain um, a clean desert environment. Um, these are all on public lands. We're responsible for, by agreement, for maintaining all the state and federal lands here. We do that by choice. If we didn't do it, you wouldn't wanna live here. Um, the federal government, the state government, they are not cleaning up their property in the city, I can promise you that. So we, by agreement, have the right to do that. Um, and so we find ourselves in a position where if we ask Angie's public works team or parks team to go out and clean these up, it will take them a week or two and we just cannot have, can't have them leaving their current jobs. So while we've done that occasionally on a Friday where we've sent crews out to clean up certain encampments, we're just getting behind right now. So Angie put together this proposal for you. Um, we do have contingency dollars that can cover this. Again, we do budget for these cleanups. Keep in mind, Angie has two full-time positions in her budget that their primary duties are to clean up the rights of ways throughout the city. And that's not just homeless, that's people who don't care what falls out of their truck, uh, people who throw stuff out of their trucks. And, and again, I think we've seen our community uh, go from sometimes uh, years ago looking a little trashy to now no trash. Um, it's You kind of see one box or one thing on the side of the road, it catches your eye now because we have people out there cleaning up the city nonstop. This is a little bit different. We just don't have the resources to take care of this little surge we're seeing right now. We're not sure if we'll have to budget for this surge. Let's see what happens between now and May when we present the final budget. We may be able to cut these part-time hours. Angie may want to keep the part-time hours. So this is these are some one-time costs. You'll see or not uh, what we propose in the budget coming up. But I know after working with you all for many, many years, the last thing you want to see are trash in the right-of-ways or trash throughout the desert. You saw the pictures in the packet. They're, they're quite frankly despicable and no one wants to see that. Um, we take that role and responsibility of keeping our community clean seriously and when an opportunity arises to fix it, we bring it to your attention. Uh, Angie and I are happy to answer any questions you might have. Thank you, it's a no-brainer, we have the funds, it's a needed, um, I've seen some of the pictures of the encampments and the illegal dumping and uh, we wanna keep our city clean, so. Any questions, comments? Mr. Mayor. I have a comment. I, 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 have, a, I have a comment. You know, and it, I, I was really, th I've been thinking about this a lot for years actually. And you know, here we are, here we are. We need more money. We need more money to clean up the mess. We need more money. We need more money. No, we don't need more, more money. Um, 
I don't think anybody wants to fix this mess. And when I'm saying anybody wants to fix this mess, I'm talking about really the federal government because it's big business. It's huge business. And um, I, I, I don't like seeing this when I was young. I, I, uh, I won't be giving to Catholic charities ever again. But I will be voting for this to clean up our city. But I, 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 this is not the answer. Mr. Mayor. Okay, I, I just had one comment is, Angie, you do a heck of a good job. And um, on one comment I had on the uh, expense report where you show equipment, et cetera, that's all bought under like a GS service agreement and stuff like that, correct? All of these items, we we actually look for the best price anywhere. I mean, for I mean, like the steel toes boots and stuff like that. You know, they're like given a certain dollar amount, and that's what it is. But like the puncher gloves or the puncher puncher part, the needle proof gloves, those are a specialty item. I mean, we'll look to see where we can get the best price, but we also got to protect our employees to make sure that they have the right equipment so that they're not getting hurt out in the field. Also. Um, rakes and shovels and stuff like that. A lot of that stuff is bought locally, but we also shop around to make sure we get the, the best price for everything we get. You answered my question. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Mr. Mayor, I'd just like to say that it is a travesty that we have to spend taxpayers' money to pick up trash that's left behind by homeless encampments. Being homeless doesn't mean that you have the right to litter our public lands, and I'm a huge advocate of using the Bullhead City Direct app to report these encampments. I've been working for four years with the Milk Key Club, Jason and Christy, Rob and Pam, and lots of other community members to do monthly cleanups to uh, clean up these things. It is absolutely horrible. I am very thankful to the city that they go into these hard to reach areas and clean this up. This is not something that we should have to deal with. I'm dismayed that we have to clean up after people that are trashing our city. However, I'm very thankful that the city works hard to clean it up, and so I will be voting yes, but I agree with Tammy. This is very unfortunate that we have to pick up after people that disrespect our city. Anyone else? Yes, Mr. Mayor. Uh, Angie, have the encampments decreased or increased since the opening of the shelter? Well, we we asked um, that question, and I'll you know give the answer. Um, our what's our is it Corporal Crawford? Yeah, who has been dealing with this issue for a long time at this particular meeting, he said it's not really increased. It, this is the time of the year when it increased, but he has seen it fluctuate over the years. There's ebbs and flows, but this particular occasion isn't maybe any worse than five years ago. Um, it's just the magnitude of the, the crisis that you find all across the country. And so we have a lot of public lands here, and um, the uh, the option would be to just ignore the you know the trash that's left behind. Uh, I need to give a lot of credit though to Lieutenant or Corporal Crawford, Jeff Tipton, um, and our team that goes out every day. Ron Beardsley and code enforcement. There's no one sleeping on our sidewalks. There's no one 
no encampment on public lands that goes unnoticed. They take the police razor out there, they notify the people they must move on, they come back and they move them on. There have been arrests, there have been citations, the River Fund has been notified, people have been moved out of the community. I understand the frustration. However, um, if you go to LA right now, if you go to certain neighborhoods in Vegas, if you go around this country, you're seeing something absolutely different than you're seeing here. We're a community on top of the issue. Um, and unfortunately, Council Member Ring and I may not agree on that, but we certainly agree there's long-term solutions that are needed that are far beyond the reach of this local government. But if we don't do this, it is gonna be tragedy out there, travesty, and it'll look terrible. And so we have to stay on top of it, and it is taking a lot of our resources. So every day, Jeff, Danny Crawford, Ron Beardsley are out there dealing with this. So when you think this is all we're spending, quite honestly, we're spending three times this dealing with the homeless population uh, on a daily basis with time and resources. But I'm promising you if we didn't do that, the, the alternative would be terrible. I completely, I completely understand that. Yes. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone from the public? Captain John Brooks with the Salvation Army here in Bullhead City. Um, like it already has been said, this is an epidemic throughout the country. Um, I don't, I, I've lived in different places and um, I live just south of Riverside um, and what, uh, California uh, about four years ago. One thing that uh, the Salvation Army did there is they worked with the city to hire homeless to do uh, cleanups. Um, and I don't know if that's something that, um, I don't know if it's a, a working, um, I haven't checked on it uh, since then, um, but it, it, it might be another option. I don't know if the 100,000 is gonna be 100,000 every year. Uh, most likely, it probably will be. Um, but maybe there's other ways that we can solve the same um, problem that we're having uh, in different ways. Just and Mayor, if I could make a quick comment on that, we would appreciate any partnerships with our nonprofit agencies. We would look into those ventures. I mean, there are insurance issues and other things that have to be looked at Absolutely. under our in insurance that we just have to be careful of. Right. But if there are opportunities where, where we can partner, keep in mind a lot of this is heavy lifting, heavy equipment, a lot of trash, you know, partnerships with Republic Services. But if there are opportunities to partner with your organization or others, we would be more than happy to pursue those talks in the future. Yeah, I'll look into it and then I can send you an email. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Sean Bullhead City. My only, my only question is the redundancy in equipment. Don't we have the equipment available instead of repurchasing? It's added equipment because my staff is using everything that we have, so it's just one piece of equipment. It's a side-by-side -side that's four-wheel drive that can pull a trailer with a dump bed and also pull that trailer out because there's areas where we cannot get pickups down to where we're gonna be driving back and forth, back and forth with loads. So it's just, we. otherwise, I'm not gonna be able to do something else in the parks or something if I don't get this piece of equipment. Uh, it's not It's not the heavy equipment I'm referring to, like the, the shrakes, the shovels, and all that stuff we don't have already? We do, but I mean, they're already being used by staff. I mean, in order for these people to do their jobs, I'm gonna have to buy them shovels 
or it's okay. going to come out of the roads budget, which I can't do because that's her funding and her funding we can't use in the desert. It has to be strictly on the roadways. I mean, we have budgets for each department that they have equipment for that. This is two added positions that I don't have any equipment to give to them because I'm going to be taking away from other divisions. Okay, I understand now. Thank you. I didn't. I'm not privy to some of the stuff you guys get, so I just had that question. Got it. Thank you very much, and I do support it. By the way, we do need to keep it clean. And by the way, there are hypodermic needles out there, so she does need those gloves. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Scotty from Bullhead. Thank you, Tammy, for finally bringing it up again. I've been on the homeless camp and up there, that homeless shelter. I've griped so many times about them not building a fence behind their place. They stopped on the edge. They let these people trespass on the place I'm renting up there. They don't give a damn. I've seen them come out and give them coffee, these people who are living right down here. It's right out their back door where they park, and they don't say anything to those people. They're feeding them coffee. 10 o'clock in the morning, I've seen them walk down there, out of the shelter. If they would put a fence in, in the back, I would shut up because nobody would be trespassing. Up behind us, they're coming from the Riverview Apartments. There's a 50-foot hole up behind the Riverview Apartments that Johnny goes up there and gets them now because I turned them on to that spot. I call the police chief here. Well, not him, but they send people out to move them on. Thank you for doing that. Thank the police chief over there for getting his people up there. He's gotten permission from all the property owners in that area to move them on. I'm tired of those people using our private property as a bathroom. How about they come and take a crap on your front porch? Anyone else? I'll entertain a motion. Mr. Mayor, I move that we approve yeah. item number. Second motion. Oh. 13. 13. 13 is read. Second. I'm going to cast your votes. Seven in favor of the motion. Motion carries. All right, that concludes our meeting. Thank you.